Latvia Weekly Interviews with Joe Horgan and Otto Tobuns. Latvian VCM, and welcome to a very special episode of the Latvia Weekly Podcast. For those of you who have listened to the show before, what we usually do is myself and my good friend Otto Tobuns talk through the news of the week and some other interesting current events that are worth discussing. But from time to time, I like to also talk with some people who are doing some interesting things all throughout the country. And that might be people who are local here or people who have moved here. And for those of you who found this podcast, which is all of you if you're listening to it, a lot of you probably typed in the word Latvia into your favorite podcast app and you found this. There are not very many English-speaking podcasts when you type in the word Latvia into your favorite podcast app, but another app that you have probably seen and that I'm guessing that most of you who are listening to this show have also listened to before is one called An Englishman in Latvia, which is one that I have been listening to over the last few months um, since it has been produced, and I have been eagerly awaiting the opportunity to interview the host of that podcast, Mr. Alan Armstead. And I am lucky enough to be here with him today. So he came all the way to Yelgova. I invited him to a tea house because I thought that was the most British thing that I could think <laughs> of. But unfortunately, another very British thing happened. As soon as he came, it started raining. So uh, we are uh, unfortunately not inside the tea house at the moment, but I'm very excited to have you here today, Alan. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much, Joe, for the invitation to come. I'm, I listen to Latvia Weekly and enjoy it and learn from it. I don't know too much about Latvian politics. Um, um, and I read my favorite LSM mm-hmm. in English, but um, it gives me a lot more insight into what's going on in Latvia. So, so thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, um, I always thought I'd be a slightly anonymous by being just an Englishman in Latvia, and you've given me away. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I thought I thought you. Uh, I, I I guess actually that's interesting. I guess you um you haven't mentioned your name on the show. Maybe I, I thought you did, but okay. No, it's fine. It does actually say who the who the host of it is, but I you know I, I talk about yeah. my experiences yeah, and yeah. my observations in the show, but I kind of quite like to be that independent mm. observers like journalists often are yeah. yes you get the name of the journalist if you look very closely at an article but it comes from a point of view rather than being an individual person's commentary it's not a blog but it's more my perceptions i've thought through which i think is very useful because not only do i think it's worth listening to your show for you know because many people who listen to the show are people who are getting ready to come live in Latvia for some time or people who already live here but are getting used to living here trying to orient themselves and what I think is great about your show is that you do so with a fresh eye you do so with the eye of somebody who hasn't lived decades and decades and decades here knows a lot about Latvia obviously but is also experiencing some things for the first time as well but I think it's also worthwhile for um, people who have lived here for a very long time to to hear this because you know a lot of times there's there's things little things in your everyday life that you take for granted and then all of a sudden you know when somebody else you know focuses on and talks about it, you realize wow that that really is you know something interesting and that that might be the case with with food or Christmas traditions you know you just did an episode recently about uh, midsummer traditions where you know maybe people might kind of take certain things like that for granted but uh, how how exactly did you decide to start doing the Englishman Latvia podcast yeah and um, um, 
what you say is is very true. The, the other thing that I th- I think I have, which perhaps is fairly unique, is I have two snapshots. I used to live in work in Latvia in the 1990s. I was privileged. I worked as a mm-hmm. diplomat in, in Latvia and then came back here 20 something years later. So I got those two perspectives, even though I have had quite a good relationship in the meantime with Latvia. I can look at it as someone living here with 20 something years difference. And mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, the other thing is, uh, a lot of people said, oh, you've got so many stories, Alan, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you write a book? But I really mm-hmm. don't want to write a book. <laughs> it's just too much work. It would be too boring. Little snapshots yeah. of what I do. And, and, and they're probably right. I probably am a storyteller. I, my, my apprentices that, that I'm teaching say, oh, you've got so many good stories to explain things. And I do try and use storytelling as a technique to, to get people, help people understand different things rather yeah. than a, a technical approach. So that that's why you know, with, with a podcast, one can and I choose a particular topic, yeah. whether it's a the region of Latgala, whether it's a particular church like St. Saviour's, whether it's my least favourite subject, mm-hmm. driving in Latvia. <laughs> but it gives me an opportunity to look at things using using statistics, using history, data, but my own, my own um, personal perceptions as well. And how exactly do you go about choosing the topic of one of your podcasts? Is it something that you really personally want to do or something that you think is going to resonate particularly with other people? I think it's both of those, mm-hmm. to be honest. I think it is things I would like to do, things that interest me. I enjoy just preparing the podcast, the research that goes into it, talking to people about yeah. things. I learn so much. Um, but then I choose things which I think would be of interest to other people as well. And because the audience for the podcast is very broad, um, if one looks at where people live mm-hmm. who access it, <laughs> number one country, and they're very similar in, in um, numbers, America, then UK, then Latvia. And um, the, the others, Australian things, are much smaller than those three um, yeah. countries. So, you know, there's only so many people who are resident in Latvia, whether they're Latvians born and mm-hmm. bred here or whether they're foreigners that have come here. That I don't know. Um, but then there's a lot of people who are just interested. Maybe they come on a holiday. I was approached by an English teacher who wants to bring the whole class on, on, a, on a study trip to mm. Latvia. So there are different people who, and he found me through the podcast. Wow. So different people's interests. Yeah. Do you have a topic that you've talked about so far that was your particular favorite? Oh, gosh, you could have thought about that one before. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, what was my favorite? Um, hmm. Um, um, I think uh, the one on George Armitstead, mm. who I'd heard of before when yeah. I was a diplomat here, but I knew very little. It was kind of in passing. Oh, there was this British person. And, and when I was a diplomat here, we organized uh, a... a uh, a celebration of the maritime links between UK and Latvia in the 1990s, including in St. Saviour's Church, by yeah. the way. And um, we, we had different bits, little bits there about George Armstead, but it was finding out more. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about that was, you know, I, I do some research and I thought, oh, I'm going to try chat GPT, see if it comes mm-hmm. up with anything new. So I put, you know, chat GPT, can you give me a biography of George Armstead? It did. 
but it definitely was not all about George Armitstead. Yeah. He had a different death. He supposedly, according to ChatGPT, died in the UK. Hmm. So what I did is I went and found his grave, which I thought was my, my daughter really? thought it was a funny bit anyway of the, of the program that I actually yeah. went to try and prove as far as I could um, in the very old Riga cemetery uh, and I found found the grave and you know definitely he died um, when everyone else said but not when ChatGPT said um, I think and then going to Yaomoku mm-hmm. um, was lovely and, and they really the people there are really nice people dressed in old costume um, to have the interview which has never happened to me before mm. um, and you know I, I've I found I think that was probably my favourite yeah. um, podcast, but I, I like them. I actually like them all um, for different reasons, um, yeah. mostly because the people I meet. Now, uh, for those of you who have not listened to Alan's episode about George Armistead, you should definitely go and listen. To, well, you should listen to all of his episodes, of course, but particularly that one is very interesting because um, for those of you who aren't familiar with George Armistead, so he was. An English, uh, he came from uh, an English family background, and he was the mayor of Riga for 11 years. Very famous. In fact, for those of you who've walked in the center of Riga before, you've probably seen a statue of him uh, with his wife and uh, not his dog, actually, as I learned on Alan's That's podcast. Correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always assumed that was his dog. But, no, it was a uh, I actually, dog. <laughs> I actually put together a, a historical... Um, uh, like a uh, For museum night, um, I, I actually put together a little display about George Armistead, but I didn't know that fact, so I, so I wish I, I had known that. But uh, what, what's interesting about George Armistead is that that, you know, he in a lot of ways symbolizes this very long history, this very long connection with the United Kingdom and with uh, Latvia that, you know, you are now a part of. And, you know, there, there, there is uh, many connections in a lot of ways, you know, also in the Latvian War of Independence, uh, you know, the... Uh, Way that the British um, uh, military helped Latvia in that in that struggle, um, and and all the way up until today. But uh, just kind of in your everyday experiences, just when you go back to uh, the UK or when you come back to Latvia from the UK, are there any things that just stick out to you as little connections where? You know, I, I was already joking about the weather earlier, how the weather can suddenly, you know, change and, and be and be rainy. But, uh, you know, and, you know, how we uh, tried meeting at a tea house. But are there any other connections between your home country and, you know, now your new home country that stick out to you that, um, you know, come, I don't know, come come to mind? Yeah, yeah. Um if we if we had this conversation just before the pandemic, it would have been loads of young Brits mm. in the centre of Riga, and actually, I'm quite pleased that that <laughs> those stag you know stag parties and hem parties have have gone now. I think it was becoming a bit of a nuisance for for a lot of other tourists coming mm. to Riga. Um, but aside of that, you know, I, I see a lot of influence because there are a lot of Latvians who went to the UK over last years, before Brexit, of course, yeah. um, but still many have remained there. So there are always these strong links through people between the UK and Latvia. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's a lot of Latvian things which are celebrated 
like Yarni, yeah. which are celebrated in UK by those communities. And, you know, it is there because Ryanair flies every day and, and so does Air Baltic. Um, Wizz Air's going to stop, but British Airways are going to start again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there is a, long, a strong connection of people there. And I think there are these historical connections as well. Britain and British trading families... Um, were very prominent, particularly in Riga, um, and and you know we're talking over a hundred years ago, but they were a strong part in building Riga. You know, the, the amazing thing to me about learning more about George Armstead was that he was the first to really try and bring Latvians into the decision-making process mm. of Riga City Council. And I think there's a, you know, there's a lot that present-day Riga City Council could learn from the past and mm-hmm. the way things were done in the past and what were more difficult times. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that before. But you know, speaking of these connections, now people who do that formally in their day-to-day lives, you might call them diplomats. And and you, as you mentioned, you know, had worked in Riga as a diplomat in the 90s. Uh, from what I understand, from what I've gathered talking to people who listen to the show, is we actually have um, a number of people who work in embassies who, who listen to the show. And, you know, I, I'd love to hear a little bit for, about, you know, your your thoughts, your, your reflections from your time working in um you know, and I believe it was the British Embassy in, in Latvia in the in the nineties. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you talk a lot about that in your show. But you know, what would be some things for people who might be starting out their time working in in different embassies in Latvia? What what might be some I don't know some some little tips, some advice that you that you might be able to give, or just some things to to keep in mind? You know, what to to be to be the best diplomat possible? Yeah, a lot of diplomacy is actually about. ceremony about doing things which are programmed to do being outwardly nice to people and probably thinking something different about a particular country internally Uh, and a lot of that is just straight procedure but I was I was very fortunate to be in Latvia at a time of great change 1990s and Latvia had recently regained independence and it was trying to find its way um with protecting that independence for the future, yet not overly annoying a still fairly powerful neighbour occupying country, Russia, mm-hmm. uh, and also wanting to to observe international law, um, yet still, again, protecting the Latvian language and things like that. Uh, and um, I think it was the work that... The ambassador and I did at that, British ambassador and I did at that time, in bringing experts, bringing, just convening people together of all the political parties, from the from the, the Russian-speaking political parties to, to the more right-wing Latvian parties and the, all the middle as well, and just getting them to talk with, mm. with some knowledgeable people who could help them. You know, and, and sometimes the press didn't like people like Max van der Stoll. Um, they called him Dr. Death in mm-hmm. the newspapers regularly. But, you know, he really did help Latvia in those first years of making sure that, that independence was going to stay there, but also making sure that, that they had the right rules and laws in place, which, of course, not so long after that meant joining the EU. 
um, because they had the right laws in place. So I was lucky at that time to be mm. in the country at, at a time when it was going through change and could help in a small way. Yeah. And that's quite unusual in the world of diplomacy, to be honest. You've mentioned a lot of changes since the early 90s, but what are some of the things where, because now, you know, you once again are spending a lot of time in, in Latvia. You've been living here for um, close to a year now, right? Since you've come That's back correct. to Latvia and, and you lived in Latvia for something like four years, I believe, in, in the 90s. Um, but between that time and this time now, what are some of the things that just come to mind immediately as some of the biggest changes, some some of the things where, you know, you think, oh, wow, this is this is quite different now than than how it used to be back then? supermarkets, mm. retail, very different. I love a story. I'm sorry, it's in the podcast as well, but I love <laughs> a story told to me by the, when Kellogg's had a factory in Latvia. It was actually to supply the Russian market at that time. Mm. But they set up a factory here. And he told me this story when I went to visit him in the factory about how they, they wanted to introduce cornflakes into Latvia, not a typical breakfast product for Latvians at that time. And uh, in, in, in the main department store in Riga, and so they had a typical sort of marketing thing one might see in, in European or American or Canadian countries of giving people free product to try. And uh, he told me, well, we put the cornflakes in the in the bowls and put a little milk on it and a spoon. And said, you know, there, there were people that saying, try it. This is cornflakes. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you very much. Found the nearest bin, put the cornflakes <laughs> in, and walked off with the spoon and the <laughs> and the and the bowl. They weren't used to that sort yeah. of marketing. It made me laugh. But you know how things have changed now. It's marketing everywhere, isn't yeah. it? There's no difference really between you know a lot of things, products and things you can buy in Latvia that you could buy in Germany or France or UK or America. Um, so that that to me is is a difference, and including that, you know, the type of food products. Mm. It was great finding. Oh, some some shops got mozzarella. Oh, great in nineteen nineties. Now, of course, you can go to any supermarket and buy mozzarella cheese. No, certainly. Um, so, although you are not formally working as a diplomat anymore, in a lot of ways, you are still probably one of the only British people that a lot of people here in Latvia know. So in a cert- to a certain extent, you are still a representative of, you know, just the same way that I feel like I'm a representative of America, even if I'm not, you know, formally one. I always kind of have to feel like, you know, <laughs> I have some things to explain sometimes. A lot of people will go like, you know, Joe, what's what's the deal with this? Or, you know, why, why is your government doing that? And then, you know, sometimes, sometimes I have to just throw up my hands and <laughs> say I have no idea. But what 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 are what are some things that um, people most often ask you about Britain or about life, um, you know, over there, or just just little things that that you you find yourself explaining a lot. Yeah, uh, you've, it's true to an extent, but I do think the British ambassador he does see a lot of people he does travel around mm. he, he's very very active so i wouldn't say you know and, and i have no connection to the british government mm-hmm. just as well because the main thing people ask me about is brexit mm. and i think it was not just a mistake it, it was it was uh, done for a party political purposes entirely um by people who had no idea really about what might be the repercussions they didn't even think that brexit would happen none of them even those who are leading the campaign for brexit and it's been a disaster for the uk economically 
politically and for people, society as well. Uh, and a lot of people say, what is about Brexit? Can I go to England now? Things like that. And my wife had to, of course, apply for settled status mm. um, to remain in UK before we came here, back here. That was such, we had to get a piece of evidence for every month for five years that she had been in the UK and the type of evidence they would accept was very limited, yeah. like a doctor's appointment, things like that. You know, I, I, that's what I'm asked about often. It's yeah. about Brexit. Yeah, no, I, I understand. There's a lot of uh, governmental things people ask me about too, which I, I won't get into right now, but I think all of you can probably imagine which which ones are the most popular. Um, but of course, you know, on, on the other hand as well, um, you know, in, in the UK, there's probably, you know, quite a few people who aren't so familiar with Latvia and that you end up finding yourself telling a lot about Latvia to, to them as well. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things which you find yourself explaining the most, um, you know, besides why did you go to Latvia? Of course, you know, that, that, that's probably a question that you get a lot too, but, but certain things about Latvia, what are some things that you find yourself explaining or you particularly enjoy maybe explaining? Yeah, I, I think people's knowledge of Latvia, they, they, they can place it on a map, mm. um, but detailed knowledge of that, people in uk is is quite limited and i like to tell people actually it's the greenest country in europe if we look at per capita carbon and things like one of the cleanest countries in europe it has it has a great love of nature um the things like the bogs in latvia which many people in in uk will laugh a bit about because we use that as a colloquial for toilet <laughs> but um you know the, the bogs are very very important <laughs> to trapping carbon and latvia has a lot of them and it does a lot to protect them um, it's things like that, the beautiful, the be not just the beautiful countryside, but mm. the cities and the history in this country. However, trappled through many different invaders, that's yeah. been over the last centuries. Yeah, the the history is is very very complicated, and you know there there are a lot of things that obviously come with that as well. And one thing for me is that. You know, there are a lot of issues where I might feel one way or another when it comes to some of the most, you know, just I mean, just like in the UK, you know, you, you mentioned that there's, um, you know, obviously uh, the very contentious issue of Brexit, um, you know, but I try my best not to, <laughs> you know, comment on it one way or the other, because I remember very well how uh, you know, a lot of my, you know, w with other issues such as like the war in Iraq or, you know, other ones, you know, people would be like, well, what's going on there? And, you know, but anyway, um, when it comes to some of the more contentious political issues here in Latvia, do you find yourself, I don't know, sometimes not quite biting your tongue, but being very careful um, to not say something that might be, you know, in, interpreted the wrong way or, or make it seem like that you, you know, you think that you know better than these people, you know, are, are there certain things which, you know, sometimes you find yourself trying to, trying to uh, dance around a little bit? Yeah, probably around integration. Um, because it isn't the easiest topic. You know, I, I fully understand Latvia's need to protect its language, its borders, its country, the nation. Um, but also it has, you know, it, it realises that it has, it is actually quite multicultural. It's not just ethnic mm. Russians. There's a big uh, ethnic Belarusian community. There's a big, as I found out, like Gala, big Polish yeah. community still here and I think that that that's an issue that I don't 
talks so openly about I, I did in one podcast introduce it in different ways yeah. um, I also have um, I suppose the the third privilege in that I worked in Moscow in Russia in the early 1980s so I have mm. that additional perspective on Russia uh, and and also personally I'm extremely pro-Ukraine yeah of course, yeah. I think I think most people listening to this podcast or both of our shows uh, certain certainly would be. But uh, getting back to your show, as we start to kind of um, wrap up this uh, discussion, what are some, if you don't mind, spoiling a little bit, uh, what are some topics you haven't quite gotten to yet that you plan on doing in the next, I don't know, maybe few months? Any 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 uh, ideas for episodes that you've been kind of uh, working on? Yeah, I've got a few boiling away. Um, first one is about film and animation, um, which I think is really interesting because mm-hmm. Latvia used to have a really good film industry during the Soviet occupation, but it's been rebuilt. And you can go to to the studios now um, and yeah. outside of, of Riga and things like that. So that one, I went to studios and I've done parts of that. I haven't fully completed it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh that that's that's one another one is um it's perhaps a more personal one it's about art it's about a particular mm. artist and i've got three of that artist he's late now he passed away in 1999 but i've i bought three of that artist's paintings when i was previously here and i've been trying to trace more history about about edgar's waldmanis mm. and his style is pointillism which is a impressionist style of little painted dots but built up and um talking to different people about that so that that one's coming up and the, the, the other one is Kemiri, um, which, believe it or not, I went to for the first time a few weeks ago, despite living <laughs> in the 90s in, mm. in Latvia and now, you know, visiting regularly. And I was just the history there. I know yeah. the history is from from the Soviet occupation times as a health resort and it's gone up, but it had so many ups, downs, ups, downs. And just walking around the park, which was beautifully restored now, I want to find out more. So that that's just about Hemery is, is going to be a, a future podcast. I can't wait to hear about that because uh, for any of you listening who are members of the Expats in Latvia Facebook group or have you know seen me do interviews other places, that's always the number one place, Temerny National Park, because the, the bog itself is amazing. You know, you, you did your episode about um, Tena uh, bog, which is very s- similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bog itself is amazing, but there are so many amazing places throughout the entire national park to walk around nature historical places including the seacoast mm-hmm. you know with all the fishing villages yeah and the resort itself yeah. which you know there's, there's ruined buildings there but they're restoring the big old uh, white ship i think it was called yeah um in That's in the uh, center <laughs> of the town you know it, it's it's a fascinating yeah. town that seems to have been a bit neglected because most people just go to the center of Yumla yeah. rather than the outlying parts. And if they do, then they might go to the Bog and the Camry National Park, but perhaps not visit the town as well. One of my best friends lives in Camry, mm-hmm. and uh, he's very proud of the fact that, you know, I, I, you'll have to fact check this for me when you, when you do this episode, but he, he claims that uh, during the Russian Empire times, they built the train to Camry. Um, 
you know, not to Riga, but to Chamonix specifically because it was a very famous uh, spa resort town, as, as you mentioned, and they just yes. happened to go through Riga. So, you know, you, you'll have to fact check that because I've always wondered about it. But, um, yeah, I very much look forward to that. Uh, about film, so do, do you have, uh, about film and animation, I'm also very, very excited uh, because, you know, I, I think um, uh, many people who are listening to this now probably enjoy uh, some Latvian films. Do you have any recommendations, any any favorite film or animations that you particularly like that might be a good one for, you know, somebody to look up, uh, you know, where they might also be able to find some subtitles potentially? Yeah, um, I, I think one has to look at it as well. That are those films, if they're, if it has a, uh, a Riga-born Latvian mm-hmm. yeah. film director, yet it was regarded during the Soviet Union times as being a Russian film. Mm. Um, so in which case the Pontemkin um, steps, battleship Pontemkin, yeah, um, you know, is... Uh, just that very haunting scene. I saw it in in 1980s, the film in in, in Russia, uh, and it still haunts me. That the the yeah. bit of the clip of the film when the 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 um, um, baby in the pram rolls down those steps at Odessa. I even went at that time to Odessa to see those steps. Still didn't stop haunting me. You know, and I think there is lots of things there, but also. You know, cartoons and things like that yeah. um, but also you know Latvia is a place now where foreign films are being made German yeah. films Sisi is it was made in yeah. in Latvia BBC have made uh, historical um, um, drama partly in Latvia yeah no you see it all the time in in the old uh, in the old town and you know, it's also possible to be an extra as well. So maybe you can also talk about that because I because I know some people have been extras. But anyway, I very much look forward to uh, seeing or listening to your next few podcasts. Uh, now that we are just about done recording, now the sun has come out again. So I, I don't know if this is some kind of symbolism or something I'm supposed to interpret. But uh, I really appreciate, Alan, you coming on and, and talking and, um, you know, also just giving people a sense of Latvia through the show that you've been doing. And I really, really look forward to hearing uh, what else, what else is going on. Any, uh, so we are just about to start the new school year. This is actually, uh, we're recording this on the 31st of uh, August and, and the, uh, the new school year is beginning, but uh, do you have any, you know, for, for people who are out there teaching, studying, do you have any uh, words you'd like to say uh, to begin the new school year? Any any words of uh, advice or uh, wisdom or um, support? <laughs> Keep up the good work. There's one thing I point out to, to, to people. I used to be a, um, a, a parent director of a, a school, local primary school in, in England. And um, something in comparison that I see that in Latvian schools they do a lot of, which I think is excellent, is field trips, going mm. outside of the school. Every term my son goes on a field trip and learns from that. And I think mm. that's a brilliant experience. And, and that no longer happens in the UK. Um, money, health and safety, whatever it is. But I've never seen any problems on health or safety of the kids going there. So to all teachers, keep up the good work. <laughs> I think you're really doing a good good job. I, I really like the way that teachers accommodate mm. children of different um Ethnic backgrounds. You know, my my son goes to to Riga Zimantas Vidu Schola, as you 
perhaps might imagine for Imanta, then there are a lot of ethnic Russian, ethnic Belarusian, and one ethnic British boy <laughs> there. And you know, and they really do help. And and um, and to all the pupils, enjoy school. It's I know it's hard to say <laughs> when you think, oh, I'm gonna go to school, but wait till you have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Well, anyway, Ellen, thank you so much. And uh, definitely for those of you who have not done so yet, then make sure to check out the Englishman in Latvia podcast on your favorite app. Otto and I will be back in just a couple of days to give you the rundown of everything that's happened since our previous episode. But until then, visa labuvisium.